All right, you're listening to the Modena cast with your host, Daryl Felsberg. That's me coming to you live from the loft in our studios in Paris, Texas. Uh, we got a great episode for you guys tonight. Sorry we've been away for a little bit. Uh, we uh, had some equipment issues, and uh, we've got that resolved. And uh, uh, to be frank, uh, life took us in a little different direction. We've been kind of busy. So... Uh, but we're back at it. This is another great episode, uh, the holiday edition, right between your Thanksgiving and your Christmas, right in between. And we got a lot of great stuff we're going to talk about. Got a great uh, guest on the show today, and uh, all kinds of great things come up. Something I want to keep uh, let you guys in on. Uh, we'll we'll also talk about uh, some of the show outcomes. I've got a few of the reports, not a whole lot, but we'll talk a little bit about those and. Uh, some of the great things that are happening uh, elsewhere. And as promised, my uh, Western Vice President NMC Minute uh, report, if you will, uh, will be in that as well. So let's talk about that. Listen, if you haven't taken the time to go and visit uh, nationalmedinaclub.com and see the great work that Jackie Loomis is doing there, uh, it is terrific. There is no reason for... Uh, Anybody to miss anything, it's all right there. It's nationalmodinaclub.org. Uh, there you can go ahead and pay your dues. You can order bands. You can get a uh, color standard book. You can see uh, gallery. There's photographs um, and uh, pictures and uh, the logo and the artwork. It just looks terrific. It's a great overhaul. Uh, the shop is tremendous. Uh, again, you can go in there and uh, order things. You can buy stuff. Uh, you can donate to national awards. There's all kinds of great things. She's done a bang up job putting this together. Download uh, the standard. How about that? Get on there, and uh, you got a new person getting involved in the hobby. Go and download the standard. Print it. Send it to them, or you can send them the actual link. It's a PDF file. Uh, they've also got uh, all kinds of uh, forms there. Uh, if you need a nominate a master breeder or hall of fame application and, and that stuff or an entry form uh for your show there it is it's right there at nationalmodinaclub.org i highly suggest and uh definitely want to motivate every member uh to go and take a look at nationalmodinaclub.org so a lot of uh, a lot of things happen around the country of course we're in the middle of the show season a lot of you guys are out there and gals uh, getting your birds ready for uh, some shows, I know a lot of them have just passed the district and some of the regional meets. District 1, uh, looks like uh, Mark Kissimore took top honors with a uh, bronze tri Gazi. Uh, Mark's a terrific breeder out there in the East Coast, and uh, they said there was a lot of stiff competition for that show. Again, I don't have all of them. I'm just going to rattle off a few uh, and talk about uh, some of those people and those birds. But uh, District 6 out in uh, California, uh, Paulo De Candia. De Candia. Uh, had a terrific uh, yellow skate that took uh, uh, best Modena there. And then District 4 uh, was held in Des Moines. Uh, that's the uh, that's a big pigeon show. If you ever get a chance, you need to head out to Des Moines one year and uh, take a look at that show. That's a fantastic uh, fantastic group of people who put that show on together as well. And, and you and I know, the, uh, and I believe that's the Pigeons on Parade. And that was December the 6th and 7th uh, there in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, pigeons on the prairie. I'm sorry, I said parade, didn't I? Pigeons on the prairie. You need to check that one out. That's a terrific show every year, and they had a great group of Modinas there. And uh, Jerry Berger took uh, top honors with a 
beautiful Mealy Scatty. You guys should check that out. A lot of this information you can find on the Facebook groups. There's a Modena Pigeon Facebook group, and then there's a, uh, a Modena 101 group, and there's there's a number of them. The one I suggest you go to is Modena Pigeon. It's a Facebook group. Uh, there you can see all the activity, and, and uh, it's uh, it's not uh, part of the NMC, uh, but there's a lot of NMC information there, uh, different show reports and people uh, talking about the birth and talking about what's happening in their loft and in the shows and around the country. It's a great place for Modena folks to go gather. Uh, times have changed. You know, I remember, uh, I, went, I don't want to say back in the day because it wasn't that far back, but back in the... It was the 90s, maybe, uh, late 90s. We used to go to the a- old AOL and Yahoo chat rooms. And uh, every Tuesday night, Modena guys would uh, get in there and talk back and forth. And uh, a lot of fun. Uh, but things change, and now there's a lot of photographs and video and a lot of fun stuff. It's like you're at the show. You don't even have to be there. So check that uh, Facebook group out if you're not already a member. Uh, let's see here. The NMC Eastern Regional was in Smithville, North Carolina. Then uh, Mr. Scott Brown had a uh, blue sketty that uh, took top honors there. And then uh, the NMC Central region, uh, is it any surprise? Max Josie pulled the double, uh, had best Modena, best Sketty, and best Ghazi. And I trust, I don't have the District 5 report, and I wasn't there, unfortunately, but I trust that uh, Max probably had uh, best Modena. Uh, if not, he at least had best Sketty or best Ghazi. And uh, I probably wouldn't expect anything less from uh Max, the old mailman Josie, uh, the outlaw Josie Wales. That's him there. Okay, we got a, a great uh, show for you guys today. Uh, we are going to uh, talk to the District 6 director, uh, Scott Haugen, uh, and talk about what's going on out there in California. We talk about the national. Uh, a couple other things uh, that are coming up. So, again, I uh, encourage you, uh, make sure you get your dues in. It's that time of the year, and uh, go visit that website, nationalmodinaclub.org. Order your bands, order your NMC bands, and uh, get on it. Again, uh, you'll hear the podcast change more and more in this kind of a short episode, but uh, we got some great uh, great things coming down the pipe, and we want you guys to be involved. And as always, we're looking for sponsors. This thing isn't free to do. So check it out. If you're interested in sponsoring the Modena cast, uh, drop me a line at Daryl, D-A-R-Y-L, at DarylFelsberg.com. Uh, in the meantime, hang tight. We'll be right back. Take a quick break, and uh, we'll talk to Scott out in California. All right, we're back on the Modena cast. That's right, the Modena podcast, the only one in the world. I think it's the only pigeon podcast in the world. That's probably a probably a good thing. And uh, we're going to get into a, a number of subjects. Uh, probably going to talk about what's happening out on the West Coast there. Um, uh, those guys are, uh, are under quarantine and some other issues. They've had to move the national. We'll talk about it, uh, upcoming shows, and all kinds of great stuff. But right now on the line... Uh, we've got uh, Scott Hogan. Am I saying that right, Scott? Hogan. Hogan. H H Hogan. Is that is that yeah, better? Yeah, there you go. Hogan. Scott Hogan. Scott, where are you? Where are you at right now? I am in uh, Crestline, California, which is in the mountains above San Bernardino, in Southern California. Okay. And you uh, you have a role with the National Bonita Club, and that is uh, a district director is that correct yeah i'm the sixth district director and the sixth district director encompasses what part of uh of the area there what what's your jurisdiction i guess is the word uh we've got uh california 
Arizona, Utah, I believe Idaho, but I don't think we have a member in Idaho. Don't have a seat. And Hawaii. Okay, in Hawaii. You got, a, you got a handful of members in Hawaii, don't we? Uh, Two that I know of. That's a handful. That's uh, That constitutes a handful. But none. If you, uh, <laughs> if you had an accident with the chainsaw, that's a handful. That's right. But you do not, there is not a member in Idaho, not one. I don't believe there is. It's crazy. An entire state, not one breeder. We got to, you got to do. Got to do something about that. Yeah, right? most most of our uh, most of our six district members are in Arizona and California. Okay, talk to us a little bit about uh, about uh, what's going on down there. I want to actually, but actually, before we do that, let's get into you, and then let's get into what's going on in California. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell me a little bit about your family. Um, uh, married, not married. What's going on? Um, I have a girlfriend, Stephanie, that's uh, been with for six years. Terrific. Okay. Uh, we live together, but we are not married. Okay. All right. Uh, I have a 22-year-old son. Oh, very good. Okay. Is, is, uh, Ga- is His name's Gavin. Is Gavin involved in the hobby at all? No. When he was when he was younger, um, he had some birds, and, he, and he, he'd go to the shows with me. But, uh, he, you know, uh, most young people these days, it just doesn't stick with them. No. Well, we're seeing that. I mean, it's just... It's uh, I don't know. Is it is it just a dying hobby? What what is it? I don't know. I don't know. I guess if it's you just... if you uh, really, I, I think it's uh, hip hop music and video games. Uh, just uh, something else to occupy the the time. I mean, uh, they didn't, we didn't have these distractions like this when we were younger. We you know, we had other other things, and that's how we ended up in the loft in the backyard. So um... yeah, my son. I would say that kids aren't into animals at all, but my son does. Uh, we we breed miniature Australian shepherds as kind of a family hobby. Oh, cool! And uh, my son has has uh, his female, mm-hmm. and he's really into the dog, oh. you know. So, uh, it, but he just didn't uh, didn't like the birds too much, I guess. Well, no, and that becomes a thing for people. I mean, some people are are, are just not into or have no interest in birds. And uh, the, yeah. the dogs end up being a, a terrific hobby for him. Well, good. And uh, if you don't mind me asking, Scott, just so the listeners get to know a little bit about you, uh, what do you uh, what do you do for a living? I'm a truck driver. A truck over the road, long haul, or, or, or no? I, I I work local. I drive what's called a transfer truck. Okay. Uh, we uh, we mainly do road paving, so I haul asphalt, uh, haul road base. Um, uh, any, anything that has to do with road paving. But being short haul, you're not gone from, from the home and the loft very long then. No, I, I come home every night. Oh, very good. Okay. Terrific. And, uh, let's, let's get into the loft. Let's get into the, the hobby. Um, how did you start? Uh, clearly you said you, you guys were, uh, uh, breeding the, the dogs. Uh, did that come before or after Modena's? Oh, way after, way after. Okay. Take I, back. I actually got into pigeons. Um, I think I was about nine or 10 and my, my mother was dating a guy and his, he had an older son who had a loft out in the backyard with pigeons in it. And he was going off to uh, UCLA to go to college. So, um, things got serious with my mom and this guy. So we ended up moving in with them. And so the pigeons just kind of became mine. And, um, some of my friends in the neighborhood also had pigeons and there was like a, uh, uh, 
you know, like an auction, uh, uh, poultry auction thing that was nearby. And I remember, um, buying a pair of blue Skeddy Modinas at that poultry auction when I was probably 10 years old. Talk to me. So anyways, what was the quality of those birds like back then? Do you remember? You know, to, to be honest, I think, I think they were pretty decent birds. Really? At an auction? Yeah. It's, it's hard to, uh, really remember. I I remember I also got a pair of bronze Tri-Skeddies and I have a picture of myself at probably 11 years old holding one of those bronze Tri-Skeddies. Oh, wow. And the color, the color on that bird was amazing. Great, great color. But, uh, you know, that lasted till I was about 12 years old. And, uh, I ended up moving down to Southern California to live with my dad. And, uh, we had found, do you know what a fantail pigeon is? It's, uh, it's a wild pigeon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they're, they're pretty common down here in Southern California. So I think I was 13 and I found one that had fallen out of a nest. I was, I was doing my paper out. Okay. And so I built this like uh, probably four foot tall, six foot long, three foot wide cage in my room. And I raised this fantail pigeon and she was tame. It it was a female. She was tame and and she was a total pet. In your room, in your bedroom, inside the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had her for about four years. And then my sister's cat killed it. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. That was great. (laughs) Great story. Here we had this heartwarming, uh, I I was going to imagine you growing up with the bird, and then uh, now your sister's cat killed it. it Yeah, but it kind of carried, that one bird kind of carried the void from when I had a loft with, with pigeons to when I was about 18 or 19, and I ended up at this, this, uh, you know, poultry auction down here in Southern California in Chino. And I saw some pigeons there and I got the bug again. So I, I bought a few there. I think I bought four. I didn't have a loft or anything. And we lived in a pretty urban area. I think our backyard was, you know, it was really small backyard. But anyways, I built a loft. Then I went back out to that, poultry auction and I bought more and I just like went way overboard all of a sudden I had probably 60 pigeons and three lofts in the backyard so and I'm sorry go ahead uh, so anyways um, I I brought home some sick birds that had PMV parabixial virus and it ran through all of them I didn't know anything about medicating or anything like that. Plus there's not a lot you can do when you get PMP. No, once you got it, it's I just remember, I just remember throwing away a lot of dead pigeons and I, I gave up. And then, uh, I, I was, I think I was 18 then when I was 19, I finally moved out of the house and got my first place of my own. And that's when I decided I wanted to have pigeons again but I wanted to have a breed that I could show. And I saw a red Argent Modena, a picture of one. And 
I'm a huge Oklahoma Sooner fan. Okay. Always have been since I was a kid. My my oh. mom's family's from Oklahoma. Okay. And I was like, wow, this is a Sooner pigeon. It, you know, it, it looked yeah. like the uniform. All right. And I fell in love with them. And I uh, I wrote some letters to a guy in Illinois, John Bueller. I remember John very well, yes. Yeah, and I ended up buying a bunch of birds from him in 1989. Wow. And then 1990 was the first year that I showed. And I've been breeding Modinas ever since. Terrific. You've had them for, for a long time. Well, since 1990, is that about right? Uh, yeah, this was my 30th breeding season. Oh, congratulations. That's a long time. That's a very yeah. long time. Very good. Now, is that the only love? Are there other breeds in the loft? What do, you, do you have anything else hanging out around there? There's other breeds that I like, yeah. but um, living in, in California, the county has already lowered the hammer on me. Mm. And uh, they, actually, they actually came out and told me that I could not have uh, – birds or aviaries on my property and they cited a, uh, an ordinance that says uh, you cannot have an aviary unless you have a half acre of land okay well i've got about a third of an acre which is pretty big for the area i live in and i'm pretty sure that ordinance is you know directed towards parrots because they're loud right but anyways they they hammered me with that and i went uh, I battled the county for nearly three years, and uh, I finally ended up claiming my pigeons as a therapy animal. Interesting, and they are. Okay, yeah, they are. I mean, I, I I've suffered from depression for a long time. I've, right. I've had some some rough things happen, and you know, I never want to have a pity party for myself. Oh, sure. But it was it was an opening that the lady at planning and development uh, kind of put. And, you know, she couldn't tell me what to do, but she insinuated, well, this right. is the route you might want to go. And it works. Yeah, they can't argue that. Do you think maybe the issues with depression have something to do with being a Sooners fan? No. <laughs> no, but it is heartbreaking, and I'm probably going to have uh, a really bad day here in a couple of weeks. Oh, I know. I know. But I'm used to him. I'm used to him, Daryl. Hey, it's the equivalent of being a Dallas Cowboys fan. It's this exact... Same thing. I've learned to laugh about it. You have to. And you know what? The guy the guy that's going to lose it for us this year, it'll be all his fault. He, he was a transfer. He wasn't even homegrown. Doesn't no. even, that's right. Doesn't even count. He's yeah. an outsider. Yeah. Screwed up. So what, uh, yeah, so right. no other breeds are there. Uh, favorite color. What, what is, you talked about seeing that red argent. That's what kind of got you started. But what is a, uh, what is your favorite color now? I also uh, love bronze getty. And, and jasmine. That's a, that's uh, a color I've always um, always had and always um, wanted to compete with. You know, sure. It's a and it's a pretty good class to compete in. It's it's thick enough, but uh, it seems like there's everybody's got a pretty fair shake. They're they're really really good birds in that classification. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So Scott, tell us what's what's going on um, there in, in California right now. You guys are. are are having some issues share with us uh what's going on there yeah it's been going on um it's it's coming up on two years now it's uh uh what they claim to be an outbreak of what's called virulent newcastle disease um it's supposed to affect any kind of poultry 
first. So, you know, duck, guinea fowl. Um, I suspect chickens are the reason why we're under quarantine because yeah. they're trying to protect the egg market. Sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's scary stuff. I've never actually seen a bird that had it, but I've seen videos of the state uh, sending what they call death squads to your house. Yes, I've, I've seen and videos. And killing every single living bird on your property because they claim that in the vicinity they uh, tested one that was positive. Oh, my God. And then the last, uh, so the last six months, um, you know, the rumor was it was going to end in September. Well, uh, August, they say they found a new case, and they're real vague about it. You know, Western San Bernardino at a pet store. And then, uh, you know, that didn't hear anything about it. The, the next thing I heard was that they were in the cleanup phases of the quarantine. No uh, new cases reported. Looked like it was getting close to being over. And then November 14th, they say they found two new cases again. So I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't really know what, what the state's interest would be, but it just seems like it's either very exaggerated or a complete, uh, complete hoax. I, I, it just doesn't make any sense. There, there, you know? there, are you are you feel like they they're keeping you in the dark on the details and what's going on? Or yeah, but uh, but at the same time, you want to be in the dark. You yeah. don't want them to know anything about you. Sure, sure. You know, it's crazy. It, I I I've been so stressed out over this, and um, you know, I'm under quarantine, so I cannot. Uh, I I can't. Uh, have any birds leave my property right we can't we can't show yep and at the same time you don't want to say a word about it you don't want anyone to know where you are you just want to lay low and wait till it goes away yeah you just put, bury your head in the sand wait for it to storm to blow over so what that's clearly done something uh to the to the show count there's no shows there in that area and, and what oh yeah you, we we usually have the uh, la pageant of yeah. pigeons which is probably one of the biggest shows, if not the second biggest show of the year in our country, because I would agree with people that. come from all over the world to go to the LA pageant of pigeons. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think there's a show that's bigger than that other than the national itself. No, that's a fair statement. I would agree with that. Yeah. So- and so it's, it's a huge show. Um, and we didn't get to have it this year. So what are the, what are the uh, club officials saying? What are they what are they saying about not having the pageant? Are there any any talks about are they having trouble or I mean what's what's going on? Um, we I think I think everybody knew early in the year that we weren't going to be able to do it because it takes a takes a lot of planning and of you know after they moved the national, you know yeah, right then it was on the radar that this probably isn't going to happen this year. So, then- um. And that's kind of, I mean, it, it had to happen, and it's terrible that it had to happen to, under the circumstances. Uh, fortunately, there was another side available, and, and we'll talk about that later, and uh, we'll prove to be a good one. But uh, you hate to take it away. 
you hate to take it away from yeah. from the people out there. It makes it easier for them to get to shows and gives them a chance to show at another level. Um, yeah, and I, I had some birds that um, I, I thought I had a really good breeding season last year, and uh, I, I had some birds that were you know a year old this year that I really was excited about showing, and yeah. uh, you know didn't get to take them anywhere. And you know Fresno is it's uh, about a five-hour drive for me, so okay. I probably would have loaded up about 40 Modinas and and taken them, you know? Okay, and that, and that show happened, though, right? Fresno? Uh, we had the Western Regional okay. for the Modena Club in Fresno. Okay, and how, how but was that? But I'm talking about the National. No, yeah, I know about the National, but you guys end up having that Western National or the, uh, the Western show. Yeah, and uh, because I'm under quarantine, I wasn't able to go. And I actually judged uh, the second district show in Richmond, Virginia, the same weekend. So I, I wasn't actually present in, in Fresno at the Western. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but they uh, did they have a turnout? I mean, were there Modinas there? Yeah, from what I understand, it was it was decent. I think we had a couple hundred birds. Um, uh, Jerry Midasinka had best Gazzy and best Getty. Oh, I love Jerry. It's Dennis so Dennis Wyrick was the judge. Terrific. Yeah, so as far as I know, everything went well. Okay, and you were and you were in. Uh, you, you said you were you judged the district two meet. Is that right? Yeah, Richmond, Virginia. In Richmond, Virginia, and and uh, did how did it go? Well, I guess that was good. Yeah, it was it was the first time I'd ever been invited to judge out of out of California. Okay, so it was really cool, and it was the first time I'd ever been to Virginia. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was really cool for me to get to go see the uh, East coast and see, you know, uh, the birds out there and, and, you know, a lot of the breeders I've met from, from nationals and stuff, but oh, sure. uh, there was, yeah. there was people there that I, that I hadn't met before. Victor, Victor Cardillo, I'd, I'd never met before and mm-hmm. uh, really enjoyed meeting him. Uh, the birds were really good. Yeah. A lot of, a uh, lot of quality Modinas there. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. Now, when you when we talk about the quarantine that's going on in Southern California right now, we're listening to a lot of fanciers who are coming back from uh, various shows throughout the country, and they're experiencing uh, all kinds of. I mean, the, the birds are dropping either from uh, the adenovirus or uh, you know a young bird disease, uh, what have you. Not the same thing, right? No, no, no. Um, this Newcastle thing. You know, like I like I said before, I think it's all uh, geared to uh, protect the egg industry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And from what I understand, um, there's a lot of pigeon people that don't believe that pigeons can even get this disease. Yeah, that the, <clears throat> the, they cannot contract the Newcastle virus. Is that right? Is that what you're saying? Uh, a lot of pigeon experts believe that. But the uh, head veterinarian of the state of California disagrees. Um, but from what I understand, if you did have a bird that had Newcastle disease, it would have the same sort of symptoms as paramyxial virus. When uh, you say symptoms, some of those are uh, you get the, the twisted neck. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, you get some of that. Uh, they lose control. That's, that's what I understand. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I I had a similar issue with PMV uh, way back when, and uh, I got it from from a show, and I took every precaution possible, 
And, uh, yeah, it's scary stuff. You just, you, I mean, you know, I was picking them up one after another. It was every day you go out, there'd yep. be one dead, and they looked fine 48 hours ago. Well, you know what? Um, I reached out to Victor after he posted um, on Facebook last week about all the birds he's been losing to this this oh, yeah. disease that he's That's got. Right. And I I suggested that he try Enrofluaxin, which is basically generic Batril. Okay. It's maybe not quite as strong on, or as, uh, you know, Batril, you, you don't want to use it unless it's a really emergency drastic situation because it's really hard on the, the internal organs of the birds. And, and a lot of times treating with Batril can cause infertility in the bird. Yeah. But uh, enrofloaxin is not quite as, as as harsh as that. Okay. And I I use it. I always keep it at home. It's my emergency drug. If I have a bird that, that has symptoms, uh, you know, going light, diarrhea, fluffed out feathers, just moping around. Okay. And if the trimethoprim sulfa, your basic coccidiosis medication, does not work, the enrofloaxin comes in and it's never failed. Me. Okay. So I, I, I kind of suggested to, to Victor to try it. And, um, I checked back with him about two days ago and he said that, uh, it seems to be working. Okay. So, so just to kind of back up for a second, uh, those who are not familiar, uh, Victor Cardio posted on, uh, one of the Facebook groups that he had gone to a show. Basically what it was, it was almost like a goodbye, a farewell, He's like, guys, I've, I've had my fill. Uh, I went to yeah. the show, came back every day. I'm picking up five, six dead birds. By the time this is done, I'll have no birds left. I'm out of the hobby. And that's kind of where he was going yeah. with that. So you you, yeah. you reached out, suggested uh, this medication, and uh, two days later he said it seemed to be slowing it? Yeah. He said he's only had two birds die since he treated, and everybody looks like they're, they're getting better. Let's so I... I'm thinking more people should try it because what I've heard people are trying is amoxicillin. Mm-hmm. Amoxicillin is a very slow acting antibiotic. Okay. It takes six or seven days to even really start to take effect. Right. And you're talking about a disease that's, you know, killing birds two days after you notice symptoms. Right. You know, so I, I it, it would just be a suggestion to me that anybody that's having some kind of outbreak like that, Grab your enrofluaxin and see if it works. Okay, how do you how, how do you pronounce that one more time? Enrofluaxin. Enrofluaxin. Okay, be good for folks. To yeah, know. you can get it a lot of different places. I know I get mine at Jed's, and I get the liquid form, mm-hmm. and then you you fill up a syringe, and it's uh, it's like eight cc's for a gallon of water. Wow! But it, 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 man, it is saved. It has saved birds for me so many times, and uh, yeah, it it sucks that, that guys are going through what they're going through. I mean, I luckily on the West Coast we've never had an outbreak that I know of of the Avino right. thing, and I I think you had it, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, so you you know about it too, and it, it I've never seen it, but just you know the symptoms and what people tell me, oh. You know, the birds look kind of droopy one day and dead the next. It's like you don't really have any time to take a sick bird out and treat it. No, it's a, it's a, it's 24, 48 hours. I mean, when you recognize 
that that bird is looks like it might even be slightly going light, you can take it out and put it in a uh, an individual pen or whatever and start to administer it, and then 24 hours, it's dead. Yeah, it's inex- yeah, that's scary. Inexplicable, you don't know what it is. So uh, we're going to make sure we put a uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put that in a uh, description uh, on the uh, episode there. Uh, real quick, uh, I want to touch on one other thing, and then uh, we'll, we'll cut you loose. Uh, well, actually, two things. Uh, I know you're the uh, 6th District Director for the uh, NMC, and, and uh, even though this is not an NMC podcast, uh, the NMC is, is a critical component to the Modena hobby. Uh, what would you like to see the, the NMC do? What would you like to, uh, to do yourself in the NMC to make a difference? Uh, what do you see in the future of it? Um, I, I think our club is probably the best uh, all breed or uh, you know special specialty breed club in pigeons. Okay, um, I've always thought that, but this year I I found something that's that's really lacking that I think that would really help us when it comes to uh, getting new members. The website doesn't have much information on it, and it's not updated very often so i would you know talk to somebody on facebook that's new to the breed and interested in getting into the hobby and i would refer them to the national modena club website because i assumed they would be able to get all the information they needed there and be able to join the club there and you know numerous things well i was wrong there's not much on there have you been? And, uh, when was the last time you visited? You recall? Well, it, it was about six months ago, and from what I understand, somebody's been doing it since then. Yeah, that's, so I I need to go back and check check <laughs> it out, see what's been done. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, though. Uh, I I they've gone in and done a terrific job. In fact, I'm looking at it now, and uh, you can join right there on the front page, and uh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, you can go right to the membership and. Uh, uh, buy bands you can join uh, from the comfort of your home you know whenever you want yeah tomorrow yeah. i'm going to go on there and look but that's what needs to be done yes. so so it sounds like that problem or issue is solved so that's that's good right um i i i don't really know um everything seems to be good in the club you know uh well, we just were- like any pigeon breed it's you know members are are going away and not very many are coming to replace them no, we're suffering but, with numbers like all of them are, but there's got to be there's got to be something that we can do. There's got to be programs that we can put together that can attract. Because uh, here's here's how I've always seen it: we we are not looking for. No, let me rephrase that. That's not a first name. I was going to say something that wasn't correct. Uh, our interest is is in anybody and everybody. Our easiest group to recruit from are people who are already in the hobby. How we can take somebody from another breed and get them to enjoy the Modinas as well or as a replacement. Yeah. That's that's the real challenge. Getting new people involved, we know the complications of raising the bird. We know the complications of showing the competitive nature. Well, you just said the key word right there, and I, I believe challenge. I believe Modinas are the hardest oh, I would agree. pigeon breed by far to breed and one of the hardest animals to breed. Yeah. I mean, you can go and you can spend some decent money on some great quality Modinas and go home with them and think, oh, man, I'm going to I'm gonna mop it up at the show next year. Well, say you banded two babies out of 20 birds because 
you didn't have it set up right. You, you didn't know how to how to how they act. Yep. It, it, it it's hard to breed Modine. It is. It's and and somebody in another breed that's accomplished would find them a challenge. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's and I think that's our recruiting base. That's where we need to go. I don't. I I think that you know. Of course, any any new person is welcome, and you know if you can get them started, get them in. But you know, you you get that guy or gal that's been raising fantails for for ten years or whatever it might be, and they're looking for a second. Sometimes you 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 want to walk across the show hall and go check on something else. And it'd be nice to have a secondary breed. Well, Modinas could be that breed. Yeah. yeah well, I'll tell you what, I, I am crazy about Modinas, but I'm not as crazy about other breeds of, of pigeons. Sure. Because Modinas, they're so different. For one thing, they come in more colors. Right. They carry more genetic factors than any other breed. Right. And I, man, I do all these crazy experiments and come up with these crazy colors. In fact, my project that I'm working on right now that I'll start this year, I, I actually started it last year and I got the key bird to, to move on with, but I'm going to start making pattern colors in Argent. I okay. took a, I took an ochre tri hen uh-huh. and mated her to a, a blue white bar Argent cock. And I got a really nice F1 bronze tri argent cock that carries brown and he carries dilute. So just from that one cockbird, I'll put him on a blue white bar hen and I can get eight different colors from that bird. And probably the first year they won't have really good white bars and checks. But next year, with some of the birds I breed from this year, it'll start to get wider every time. You know, oh, interesting. Yeah, they're going to be beautiful. Yeah, you have to. Keep- I had an ochre tri argent once that was stunning. Yeah, you'll have to keep us in the loop and uh, post uh, pictures online. You guys can uh, you can always follow Scott online, and you're pretty active in the uh, the Facebook groups, and you can see his birds and uh, other things he's got going on. Real quick, uh, I always ask this anytime uh, we've got a guest on the show, and that is open loft or individual breeders. Which do you use? Open loft. Open loft. You like the community? I have some individuals that I try older birds that are they're slow breeders in, but you know what, man? I I'll tell you what. If you're a Modena and you make it to my loft, you're in a good spot. Okay, you're, you're living like a king over here. <laughs> how, was, how was that? <laughs> Share with me. I'm, I'm curious. Well, I got I've got two breeding lofts. They're 12 by 10. Okay. And then I've got huge flight pins on the outside. And uh, so the birds they get they get to go out in the rain and take a bath. They get a bath every weekend in the summer. They got plenty of room to fly around. They just live a good life here. I think happy place. You're and you're there too, and you're. If it makes you happy as much as it makes them happy, it's a win-win deal. You know, you feel good in the law. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, I, I'm all about trying to get my birds to, to produce as many as they can. And I, I think I've built my loft to where, you know, my fertility rate is really good since I built my new loft and my, and my new nest boxes. And How big I think you? there's tricks that I've, that I've used that have helped. Like what? Talk to me about nest boxes. What do you do in nest box wise? That might be a trick. 
Well, um, Modena is a real territorial. Okay. And, um, you know, if, if one male sees another male trying to mate a hen, yep. he's, he's over there fighting him, trying to knock him off. Right. So basically my nest boxes are, uh, they're 30 foot, uh, 30 foot deep, I mean, 30 inches deep. They're, they're, uh, three foot wide and I think 30 inches high. Jeez. But the trick is I've got a shelf right out front of their nest front that's 15 inches by uh, 36 inches. So they've got this huge area to defend their nest okay. and mate and no other birds in the loft can see them there. Huh. It's like a private deck. You know, they've got their own private deck. All right. And it seems to work really well. I, I implemented that in my nest boxes, and I put skylights in the roof okay. of my loft so they would get more light inside. Sure. And that um, increased the fertility just, I mean, I, I used to be happy if I banded 40 birds in a year. Yeah. Out of out of twenty pair, right? And now I'm getting close to a hundred. The last couple of years from twenty five pair. Wow, crazy! Now there's a lot of guys doing better than me, but uh, I'm pretty happy with what's going on with with my setup. Well, last question: uh, feeders, yes or no? Yeah, I have homers, uh, white homers that I use. Okay, foster them out, and uh, do you have any more? Yeah, I only have. I only have 10 pair of feeders and I've got 25 pair of Bodinas. So, uh, you know, only the, my favorite pairs, I put as many eggs under the feeders as I can. And I try to make all my Bodinas raise at least one clutch a year so that they do know how to feed babies. Right. No, they, and a lot of my, a lot of my pairs do all of them, all their babies. Absolutely. All right. Very good. Well, Scott, again, I thank you for, uh, Coming on the show, I know we uh, we had some technical snafus once before, and uh, didn't we we had you on and, and we had to come back and redo it. And I appreciate you being patient and uh, glad you were able to spend the time with us. Hey, my pleasure, Daryl. All right, friend. We'll see you again. You guys can catch him online, Scott Haugen. I said it better this time. Is that right? Yep, Haugen. Haugen. There we go. Forgive me, Scott Haugen. Find him on Facebook again. Thanks a lot, Scott. We'll see you later. All right, Daryl. I'll see you in Amarillo. You bet, buddy. Okay, bye. Bye. There you go. That was Scott uh, Hogan. Uh, Haugen. I said 18 different ways. And uh, out of uh, California there, I'm going to remind you guys again, you've got the national meet that's been moved. Uh, was in California, but due to the Newcastle uh, situation there, is now back in the great state of Texas and Amarillo, Texas, my own stomping ground. Uh, we had the national there a couple of years ago and a terrific turnout, terrific, uh, group of people. That show is January 23rd through the 25th at the, uh, Amarillo civic center. Your judges, uh, are going to be skinny, uh, for It's going to be Ed Warner and, uh, for guys, he's going to be, uh, old Jim Johnson. It's going to be a great, uh, great show. Uh, make sure you guys get your, um, your entries in, www.npausa.com is the website you can go to. 
Download a registration form. Get your entries lined out. It's uh, that time of year, and uh, be the last show. This is it. It'd be a good one to go to. Of course, you have the national meeting there, and it'd be a good time to uh, come and say hi to uh, all your uh, Modena buddies from across the country. It's going to be a terrific show. So, again, the national January 23rd through the 25th, uh, Amarillo, Texas, and, again, you can go to mpausa.com. All right, for the Medina cast, uh, that is it, my friends. We're trying out some new equipment and getting, putting some things together, and uh, we'll get these out a little bit more frequently and a little bit more fun with some more guests, more ideas. Uh, we'll start doing some uh, other reports on here. Uh, but, again, that uh, was the Medina cast. Thank you guys for uh, hanging in there. And uh, if we don't talk to you between now and then, have a Merry Christmas.